Welcome to Study Abroad Stories, a podcast by the Queen's College Study Abroad Office. In this podcast, you'll hear study abroad tips and advice, as well as stories of adventure, friendship, and personal growth. Tune in to hear interviews with previous study abroad students, study abroad directors, and more. Ready to step out of your comfort zones and into the beautiful unknown? Make the world your classroom. Welcome back to Study Abroad Stories. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, a French professor and former diplomat, who will give us tips on how to learn a foreign language effectively, and will also speak about leveraging your study abroad experiences for your career. So could you introduce yourself a little bit? Bonjour. Uh, my name is Karen Sullivan, and I teach French language and literature at Queen's College CUNY and also 18th century French literature at the Graduate Center. Thanks so much. Now, a lot of people underestimate, underestimate the benefits of learning a foreign language. Could you talk to us a little bit about the importance of majoring or minoring in a foreign language? I think that learning a foreign language as an adult provides insight into another culture, of course, because you're, you're through the language, you're learning about the foods that are eaten, the expressions, the metaphors, but you also learn new ways of conceptualizing the world around you. So, um, yeah. Uh, Plus, you develop the skill of speaking in the foreign language, uh, which is something valuable. One interesting thing about Queen's College is that often students come in with two or more languages, but learning a third language or one of their mother languages as an adult can change their perspective because they're doing it not because they're just surrounded by it, but they're doing it consciously. So they're owning it in a way. Yes, I agree completely. And what's the importance of participating in student clubs and activities in college? Yeah, I think that um, it gives you the opportunity to meet other people who are interested in the same things you are. Uh, you can also have fun while while learning about the culture of the language you're learning. Uh, you can um, you can uh, improve linguistic skills. Certainly, uh, it's a professional networking opportunity, both for college. You can learn about courses or which ones to take, which ones not to take. Get tips, practical tips from other students. Um, and you can work on projects, too. Uh, it, with the French Francophone Club, which I'm uh, for which I'm faculty advisor, students developed uh, two issues of a booklet with accompanying videos and a website uh, for, called Or Centre, where they went out and they interviewed people in New York City who were doing things related to French or, and Francophone culture. Uh, so students developed this project management skills. Um, if students serve as officers because the French club is a student-run club or the French Francophone club is a student-run club, students can um, learn how to manage a budget, uh, learn how to uh, fill out forms. Very simple, sometimes very boring things, but this is, this is part of working. <laughs> working. 
Yeah. And what kind of activities does the French Club offer? Uh, right now, the French Club has a book club that meets once a month during the semester. In the past, they've done tutoring. We've done uh, uh, both invited speakers and French Club members have done presentations on slang, for instance. Um, it's, uh, we've also done cooking, uh, cooking events such as the Francophone Cooking Day, which was a great, a great success. And I'm looking forward to when we're back on campus, when we can do another crepe party. We usually have a crepe party and we have a great time making crepes together. And sometimes students have never had something as simple as a crepe, which is, which is delicious and fun. Yeah, guys, when we get back on campus, you have to go to French club events. The crepe parties are amazing. You get to meet so many people from all over and you get to learn a lot. Uh, could you tell us a bit about your educational and study abroad background? Well, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker and I was a first generation college student, so I can relate to a lot of a lot of Queens College students. Um, I began as a pre-med and was planning to major in biology until I went on a summer program to Paris and fell in love with Paris. I just, I just wanted to figure out some way to get back to that city and to continue to explore the history, the arts, the things that I was discovering there. So it was, in French, you say coup de foudre uh, for lightning striking you if, when you fall in love. This was not falling in love with a person. It was just falling in love with a city, another city, not my hometown but another city. So when I came back, I switched majors and maybe not so practical, I switched from biology to French. And a year later, I returned to Paris and did a senior year abroad at NYU's program. And you also pursued degrees in France on your own as well. Right, right. I discovered when I was there that the French university system was absolutely free. So <laughs> it sounded good to me because um, I didn't have a lot of money and um, I applied to redo my undergraduate studies in the French university system. When I got to the maîtrise level, which is about, which is between the masters and the BA, um, I decided to focus on French literature because that's what excited me the most. And how did studying abroad influence your decision to pursue different degrees in France? I would never have known of the opportunity if I weren't in Paris and hadn't come across at that time a flyer explaining the different programs and I, I looked at the price tag and the price tag was right. So. <laughs> decided to continue my stay in Paris. When our students come back from studying abroad, they often have what I like to call a study abroad glow. They go through mm -hmm. so much, they become a different person almost because of how much they learn from their time abroad. How do you feel that you grew from your experiences abroad? Well, it was the first time that I lived in a another country, first time that I had been to another country, uh, the first time that I lived apart from my parents. Uh, 
and I, I just learned to be resourceful and to realize that I, if I wanted to eat in the evening, I had to plan. So it was necessary to keep to my budget as, as tempting as, you know, the ice cream might be in Bertillon. I had to, I had to plan that, um, that if I wanted books, if I wanted uh, to go on an outing or something, I needed to be responsible. So I think I learned responsibility, resilience, uh, a lot of things that I've seen in students as well. Um, increased confidence because you know that you can you know that you can survive and sometimes thrive in a in a very different um, environment. And France is not the most different country you can go to, but it is quite different. You know, the differences are more subtle. Is there anything you wish you knew before studying abroad? Yes, I wish that I had known about the ways I could have prepared myself in New York for studying abroad in France. Uh, for instance, the French Cultural Service has a lot of outreach to university students and even high school students. So I wish that I had known about the French Cultural Services before going overseas. And what impact did your study abroad experiences have on your career choice? Well, it definitely did change my life direction. I wouldn't have been a French professor because um, because I wouldn't have developed developed the skills needed for it. Um, I wouldn't. I might not have done as well on in other job interviews where. I know that the people were impressed by overseas experience. You know, it shows that you're you're able to cope with unexpected uh, circumstances. And so I'd like to shift the focus now to diplomacy because you were a diplomat for a few years. So you went from wanting to be a doctor to studying French to being a diplomat back to being a French professor. Could you right, tell us a right. bit about your position and your responsibilities abroad? How would you describe your time in Senegal? My time in Senegal was uh, exciting, interesting, high pressure. I was working in the American Cultural Center. I was the press attaché for the for the for the U.S. Embassy in Senegal, and a lot of my job I had a I had a small staff of five people. A lot of my job uh, involved writing press releases, and. Um, leading visitors, uh, le leading visitors from the United States around during their visits um, and uh, writing speeches, uh, doing press releases. Uh, so writing skills were a big part of the job. And what advice do you have for students who are interested in venturing out into the field of international diplomacy? Take political science courses. It's not necessary to major in political science since you have to be well-rounded. I found that for the Foreign Service exam and there is um, 
there is an organized foreign service officer exam. I was a foreign service officer, which is different from the civil service track. So there are two tracks in the foreign service, civil, civil in government in general, US government in general, civil service and in the foreign service, there is the foreign service track. So I was on the foreign service track and there's a, there's a written and then if you make it past the written exam, a series of oral exams, interviews uh, that you have to go through. And I found that the written exam was very heavy on English language grammar and you know interpretation of text. So the fact that I was a big reader of, of uh, both uh, current events and literature was a was a plus for me on the test. What can students do during their bachelor's degree besides taking political science courses and that kind of thing? To prepare for uh, the foreign service exam. Well, you know, the State Department has internships for students as well. So they might look into, they might go to state.gov and look at, look at the internships offered by the State Department. Uh, they could also apply for a Fulbright grant because the Fulbright grants are, are run through the State Department. Uh, they might al also, and I know some students who have done this, they might also consider volunteering uh, through the political science department has internships so they can volunteer in a legislate do an internship in a legislator's office and that is really very valuable experience because you learn how the inside of yeah how the in inside of a governmental office works and that's a great way to stand out because not every political science student does that exactly is it necessary to know a foreign language uh, to be a foreign service officer, no, it doesn't. So I would say that the inter no, you're, it's not necessary to learn a foreign language when you enter. However, it does help you in other ways: intercultural competence, uh, uh, problem solving, resiliency. A lot of the a lot of the traits that foreign service officers are supposed to have: adaptability. Uh, dealing with unforeseen circumstances. Certainly, if you have done study abroad, you are familiar with all of those skills or you've developed some of those skills. Um, so you, you talked a bit about how students can prepare for the exam. Do you have other tips? Yeah, there are books, there are websites, there are um, I, there are also short books surely services devoted to preparing for the foreign service exam uh, and when you when you think about the foreign service you shouldn't just think about the state department the commerce department has an overseas component uh, the CIA, the FBI, they're also overseas. So there are a lot of things you can do with governmental work and um, and languages. Uh, you might also think one of the things that I that I would suggest to students is think about volunteering or finding your own your own internship in an organization that you care about. Uh, CUNY has this uh, initiatives that I think is a wonderful initiative, uh, the Dr. Felix Matos Rodriguez Internship Fund, which provides funding so 
payment for unpaid internships. So if students find an internship and that internship can be acceptable to this program, they could get a paid internship, which is certainly very in interesting. So for instance, if you are interested in human rights and you want to intern with Human Rights Watch, and a lot of these, a lot of these NGOs have a base in New York City because the UN is in New York City. So CUNY students and Queens College students are very well placed to create their own internships. Plus every, um, every consulate has, or every, uh, most countries, many countries have consulates in New York. That's great advice. And it's very important for students to really create their own opportunities too. So right. even if there is no internship, as you said, go somewhere, ask if they need help, and then apply to the scholarship, the grant that Professor Sullivan was just talking about. Right. So we currently offer three programs in French-speaking countries, a summer program in Paris called French Language and Culture, the CUNY Paris Exchange, which allows students to study abroad in Paris for a semester or a year, and the National Student Exchange, which offers exchanges within states all across the U.S., as well as Canada, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, and Guam. So a lot of different opportunities there. From a professor's point of view, what kind of growth, linguistic and other, have you seen in students upon returning from a study abroad program? The students who go in there wholeheartedly make amazing progress. Sometimes even during a summer program, if I recall correctly, Blanche, you, you did a summer program first and then you did the CUNY Paris program. Yes, that's correct. It was the same thing for me as it was for you. I fell in love with Paris, sitting on coup de foudre. And I had to keep going back. Right, right, yeah. So I've I've seen increased confidence. I've seen uh, a sense of direction, which may be the other direction. They may come back more focused on their future career as a healthcare worker, or their future career in uh, in in the economic commercial fields. Uh, but very often they come back with greater focus, uh, more confidence, linguistic and otherwise. And um, the linguistic progress, the proficiency uh, progress that I've seen in students, especially who have participated in the semester long or the year long program in CUNY Paris, or in the National Student Exchange Program, I've seen students who've gone to uh, the University of Sherbrooke, which is a Francophone institution, and some of these students have done wonderfully. Yeah, but you did bring up a good point of the fact that not everyone will improve their language skills. People think that if you go to a different country, you'll automatically learn the language. And it's just not true. You really do have to make an effort. And it's important to make an effort before you go. Mm -hmm. Both before and after. So there should be a preparatory stage. You know, what am I going to learn? What are my goals? How am I going to get to these goals while I'm overseas? I would encourage students to keep a diary too. You know, how am I doing linguistically? Um, if you, I'm not saying avoid other English speakers, but if you, if you're with other English speakers and they're there to learn the French language too, or whatever language you're studying abroad for, then 
make a pact and say we will only speak in the target language between nine o'clock and eight o'clock at night and then you can break loose after eight o'clock at night and speak English if you really miss it. Yeah. But you have to go through that period of discomfort in order to get to another level of fluency. Yeah, I had Professor Sullivan as a professor, uh, a French professor, and I still tell my students now stories that you told us about when you were in Paris, like the what happened to you when you made the mistake between formal and informal you when you were talking to the secretary. Or how when you first got to Paris, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you were a very good student, but when you got to Paris, you didn't understand French, so you watched yeah. a lot of French movies. Because people were speaking so quickly, so I started to watch TV. Yeah. And I watched as much TV as I could because I, the TV was more patient than the people that I was interacting with. But still, I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, I I learned from these mistakes and, you know, eventually developed proficiency. Yeah. So be sure to listen to a lot of French before going to France or whichever country you're studying abroad in, because it will help you get accustomed to the speed at which French people and Francophone people speak. What's the importance of studying abroad and how can students leverage their study abroad experiences in job interviews? Well, you know, if you use the same tips that I gave about preparing, you can also do that in the in the country when you're there. Certainly not if you go to the summer program and only spend the month of July in Paris, but if you're there for a for a semester or for a a, a year or two semesters, then you can volunteer or you can look for some kind of job and develop skills in that area. And so some people underestimate the power of networking, both yeah. at home within student clubs, as you were talking about earlier, and abroad. So classmates and even professors can become colleagues. What mm -hmm. networking tips do you have for students? Well, you know, the people that you're meeting in your classes at Queens College, at in CUNY colleges, are your future network. Uh, so you're sitting next to another, another student now, but 20 years from now, this person may be an executive at a bank and you will be a foreign service officer, or this person may be a journalist and you will be a governmental official and you will have, you will have that, those contexts and you will have those contacts. Uh, so stay, so not only you leave but before you leave make sure that you go to the Queen's College internship and career development website and start learning about how do I how do I do a job interview a professional job interview what are the jobs in the fields that I'm interested in uh, are is there uh, is there fellowship aid for continued study in the area that I'm interested in. Um, is, are there paid internships? Are there unpaid internships? Yes, that's amazing advice. And people don't take advantage of that office. They offer a lot of great services, even mock interviews. They can look over your resume. Um, mm -hmm. They have a lot of different events, so take advantage of it. 
Right. And I would I would also advise students not to be strangers to their professors. I can write the best if I'm asked to write a letter of rec recommendation for students that I've had in classes. I can write the best letters of recommendation for students who've taken more than two classes and who've minored, for instance, in French or majored, uh, and for students who've come to my office hour to seek help. I remember that the first uh, time you visited my office hours, you were seeking help because you had trouble understanding literature. And now you've done a, an MA in French literature and you, you don't need my help anymore. No, I could still use your help with a lot of things. <laughs> Um, I do miss those classes, though. You're an amazing professor. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of the interview now. So what are some cl closing thoughts? What general advice do you have for students who are interested in studying abroad, but maybe a little bit hesitant and aren't sure if it's a path that they should take? Well, if you're tempted, if it's not for everybody, uh, you don't want to go if um, you can't afford it in any way. Um, but if you can do it and there is some there is some financial aid available uh, for for these programs, if you can do it, you want to do it when you're young because when you get older and you're married and you have a full-time job and you have kids, it is difficult to to run away and go to a new a new place you certainly can't spend a month or a, or a semester in Paris um, another thing that I would uh, advise students to do is to um, I is to ask people who've done the CUNY Paris program. Find out the student's perspective because students don't, your know, professors don't have all the answers and you can, you can maybe ask questions of another student that you wouldn't ask a professor. Thank you so much, that's great advice. And also, you guys, there are a lot of scholarships out there. There's a Gilman, there's a CUNY Chancellor Scholarship, there are country-specific scholarships. So if money right. is an issue, look into that, you know? Right. And um, if for some reason you haven't been able to do study abroad during your time in at CUNY, you might think about applying to the Teaching English in, in France program, which is also a great opportunity. And you may not have the opportunity to, to study at, an, at a university, but you will develop linguistic skills and you will live in a different environment by teaching English, uh, teaching English language conversation courses to young French students mm -hmm. in yeah. middle schools and, and uh, high schools. Yeah, so the program she's talking about is called TAPIF, so T-A-P-I-F. Um, and they also have programs like that in Spain, Japan, South Korea, all over the world. So look into that if, as she said, this isn't an option for you in college. 
Right. So thank you so much for your time, Professor Sullivan. Thank you. And there's a there's a quote by Hemingway that I that I will paraphrase. If you are lucky enough to be a young person and to have lived in Paris, then it stays with you forever for Paris is a movable feast. That's a great way to end the episode. If you're interested in finding out more information about our programs, go to qc.cuny edu slash study abroad. You can also find out more about the French major and minor. You can Google QC French major or minor. Is there a specific link? qc.cuny.edu or write to me, Karen, K-A-R-E-N dot Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-N, V-A-N at qc.cuny.edu. All right. Thank you so much. To see our students' beautiful travel pictures, follow us on Instagram at QC Travels. Like our podcast? Consider leaving us a rating. Visit our website qc.cuny.edu slash study abroad to find out more about our programs.